from the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more from just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see mckinneycompetitions.com. People, you know, should be proud of this region, what it what it brings and the innovators. And, you know, not just me, but we're talking about other craft artisans who are innovating in their own areas and things um, in, in this region. So, you know, it is fantastic to see and, and, and the more more you get, the more people are, are inspired to, uh, to do things, uh, to start their own businesses, for example, to, you know, and to be, you know, generating more income and, and, and you know improving the economy in this area and really growing this this area because it's you know it's it's a gem it's got fantastic people fantastic resources and things so we like to just say well hey we we, we do this but inspire other people to you know to do as i say to follow their dreams as well this week's podcast is the first in our from the heartland series in which we'll be speaking to independent businesses from right across the borough. For the first episode, we spoke to Rick Dyer at Symphonia Gin in Moy on how he combines science with local ingredients to produce gins and spirits with a difference. Rick tells us about his previous career and how his scientific background led him to start his own distillery. Rick also talks openly about his everyday fears of being a small business owner but how his passion for what he does helps overcome them. He also recounts hand bottling 250 bottles of gin per week in his home garage um, and how that became the thriving business that it is today. So for the next 30 minutes or so, sit back and I hope you enjoy listening about the process around gin making and how it's probably a bit more scientific than you ever would have thought. understand symphonia really I can understand my background I'm a scientist ke- uh, chemist uh, and I was inspired by a chemistry teacher at school uh, and that was uh, a long time ago now uh, before health and safety had gone mad and we were able to do experiments at the bench blow things up set fire to things and generally get inspired by science chemistry in general and I wanted to continue um, and have a career in, in chemistry uh, and I looked at the pharmaceutical industry and uh, as a way of using my chemistry for the, for the greater good as such. So uh, um, I did a degree in chemistry, uh, then I did a PhD in chemistry and then I went to Harvard University to work with the best chemists in the world and then uh, a company in, in England headhunted me back into the pharmaceutical company, a, a big company called GSK. Uh, where I was involved in drug discovery. So that it involves uh, using your chemistry to make molecules, new molecules, and then testing them against certain biological disease to see whether you've uh, impacted that disease and prevented that disease from happening. Uh, and one interesting area we worked in was antiviral chemistry. Uh, so I worked in, uh, uh, to begin with on HIV. So. HIV back then was a, a pandemic disease in, in the gay community. Now we've got, uh, got it to a point where with uh, pharmaceutical treatment, you know, one partner can have the virus 
and, and uh, can't even pass it on to their, their partner and all you do is take one tablet a day. That's how far we've got uh, with that particular pandemic disease. Another one I worked on was uh, scaling up the manufacture of Tamiflu, which is a, a drug which is stockpiled for if there's ever a flu pandemic uh, in any winter. So I, I, t I tell you this aside, just, just to give you confidence about COVID and, and where science can, can get to in terms of yeah. uh, defeating that disease or anything else that Chinese might want to throw at us. <laughs> So was, was, was chemistry um, something that you grew up with? Was it something as a child you were always interested in? Where did that, where did that yeah. influence come from? Was yeah, it made no, from family? No, it, it, it literally came from a, a very inspirational chemistry teacher that I had at, at school who, you know, um, a bit like uh, Walt in Breaking Bad, you know, um, <laughs> really sort of, uh, you know, knew his chemistry and was able to communicate that to, to children, you know, and that's, you know, the, the, the real benefits of education and a great teacher, they can really inspire, you know, children, in, you know, to, um, to learn and, 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 and to get that excitement for whatever subject they, they've got. So that's, that was the inspiration behind the chemistry side of it. Uh, but I, want, I wanted to go into the pharmaceutical industry, you know, just to, to use that scientific knowledge for, you know, for the, for the betterment, really, of, of people and things, you know, just... So, so you were headhunted and moved into a, a large company. Yeah. Um, how, how do you go from sitting at a, I'm imagining, in a lab, Mm -hmm. Lab coat on, picture in the scene, lab coat on, um, to run a gin distillery. Yeah. How do you make that transition? Uh, so um, I, uh, uh, my career progressed in the pharmaceutical industry up, up and up, uh, up the various layers till I was the top uh, of, of the company. So I was working at, at Almac, uh, heading up operations in their sciences division. And uh, at that level, you're not doing chemistry at the bench. You're not do using that knowledge and creativity anymore. You're basically juggling spreadsheets and resources and uh, solving you know, more people problems than chemistry problems. But on the side, I was doing, um, using that creative side by doing uh, cooking and baking at home, which is basically, that's just chemistry at home, as, as we know. Uh, and so when it came to doing a career change, I wanted to, to do something in food and drink. Uh, this is a great area uh, around this area for food and drink. It's a real food, uh, food and drink heartland. So this, th this was a great area to do it. And um, basically the inspiration to, to go into gin making, we were just enjoying uh, a, a local gin and tonic. Um, one evening and my wife Fiona said to me you, you were looking for something in food and drink what about that and it's like yeah absolutely yeah I, I could do um, but I'd have to look into it because ev even then there were quite a lot of, uh, of gin distilleries and there were emerging ones in uh, Northern Ireland you know Jawbox Shortcross Boatyard mm -hmm. and uh, so it's if I was going to go into that area, what 
unique selling points could I bring uh, to my product that would make it stand out amongst everybody else's. Now there's over 50 gin distilleries in the island of Ireland. There's about 2,000 gin distilleries in, in the world. So you really need something that, that's special to make you stand out and, and, uh, and to be sustainable as a business. And those two uh, unique points that we've got is what we make it from, which is ingredients from within about five miles of the distillery. Um, as, as we said, we're in a food, food heartland. It is the Orchard of Ireland, so we have some fantastic produce growing around here. And we have shown off those produce in the best way we can by making spirits from them. And does that become coincidence that, that those products are available within a five-mile radius? Does it, did you strategically um, place the distillery in its location? Which no, came first? No, it was it, it was it was really just uh, wanting uh, so to to try and uh, get a spirit which represented where where the the distillery was where mm -hmm. where, where I was living, uh, and so it's it's a it's a bit like uh, you would have uh, say a, a vineyard in a in a particular location, say it's in France or somewhere like that. Uh, and uh, you would be making wines that were typical and tasting of that region and I just I wanted my spirits to be the same as that that they would they would capture the, the beautiful essence of the countryside that's around here the French have a word for it which is terroir which is where how even an ingredient which is identical to everywhere else in the world, for example, Cabernet Sauvignon, everybody knows Cabernet Sauvignon grape, uh, grows everywhere in the world, but it tastes different in different regions. So a Cabernet Sauvignon in France tastes different from one from Napa Valley, tastes different from, from one in Chile, tastes different from one in South Africa or Australia. And it's the same for any drink where you are using uh, you know, uh, produce from, from, from where it grows, it is unique to that, that taste is unique to that region. And it, it, I, I felt that to make my products stand out, we wanted them to taste of that region. So then people here would want to share them with people all around the world. And equally, people all around the world would want to taste the taste of this corner of Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. So that was the one unique selling point and the second selling point was um, the way that we make it so nobody else in the world makes gin the same way as we do here so what i've done i've taken that 30 years of chemistry experience uh, and looked at how spirits should be made in particular gin uh, in the 21st century and completely uh, developed a novel process that uh, makes fantastic uh, award-winning gins but it only uses two percent of the energy of a traditional distillation so the the the, sustain, the carbon footprint is minuscule compared to a typical distillery and it is very 21st century because sustainability is absolutely critical to 
to our futures, you know, and our children's futures. What is the, the process, Rick, that makes other distilleries less sustainable? What is the process you're missing out there compared to other distilleries? Yeah, so, um, uh, so other distilleries use technology that has been uh, around for thousands of years. Yeah. So uh, uh, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's still here, mm -hmm. uh, that, that still, uh, people were using 2,000 years ago to make it. And it's a very inefficient way of, do, of, of actually making gin uh, now because there are new technologies that are in place now that weren't in place back, you know, even, even 50 years ago. So technology's moved on, but every other gin maker will follow the crowd. So they will... Oh, let's let's start making gin. How do we do it? Oh, we'll go to YouTube and there's a video on how to make gin. You buy one of those. Uh, you buy, you put your ingredients in and away, and you you distill it. And if you want to do it on a bigger scale, you just get a bigger still. That's not how you should be doing it in the 21st century. So we use a combination of techniques. One is uh, microwave-assisted hydro distillation. We use uh, coal distillation, which is facilitated by vacuum technology, and we use molecular analysis. To, 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 and the three of those together have, have meant that we've developed a process uh, that, as I say, uses a lot less energy because you are heating up a lot less of your alcohol uh, to extract the same amount of flavour from it. So it's basically... You're just making the flavour extraction so much more efficient because there's much more efficient ways of doing things. It's the equivalent of uh, going from a horse and cart that every other traditional distiller would do to a hydrogen-powered car. Yeah. That we, that, that's what we're doing. And, 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 and that is the difference. So it's really because of my background and my scientific background, I've been able to apply that to how, how to make gin in a smart way in the 21st century. And it's really just by two, 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 two bits of kit um, that you can buy off the shelf and I've just repurposed them for, for making gin. And do you ever get to a point where you think, okay, you know, in business, in, in, every, in every business, you always would be one step ahead of, of a competitor? Do you ever sit at night and think, what can I do next? What can, how can I take this a step further? Do you think you're far enough ahead to, to be that later? Or do, do, is there sometimes a, a doubt that maybe creeps into your mind because I need to do something else or I need to, need to change this? No, for the, uh, for the moment, the challenges now are not about the production side of it. We've we've got we we've got a, a slick production process. It uses a lot less energy, and 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 now, you know, you look at you, you start looking at energy prices and, and the way that they're heading. Suddenly, it's not just about environmental sustainability. It's actually about hard-nosed economics. Yeah. That if my energy bill is only two percent of of my competitors, we we are we are going to get a lead just from that because, as I say, because of the energy crisis that we're now seeing. And of course a lot of that would obviously be down into the consumer as well, just like you're saying, energy prices are going up, so of course every product will start to increase their, 
their price. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, a way of life. There, you know. there, there is that, uh, and you've also you've also got to understand that when we started um, uh, producing our spirits, sustainability wasn't in people's minds. Our, our consumers weren't interested in how sustainable the process was. Uh, is it is it a, is this produced in a in a in an environmentally friendly process compared to another product? Would I choose a product because it's got true green credentials or, or not? Three years ago, that that would not even have entered uh, our customers' minds. Now, the customers are making decisions on a day by day basis about sustainability and the recycling ability and the amount of energy that's used and the resources that are wasted and the amount of plastics and all these questions that literally three years ago you wouldn't be you wouldn't be asking yeah. uh, of, of a product and customers are now deciding on those products so when you have a shelf load of, of gin you go you suddenly you go I'll I'll, I'll pick Symphonia because I know it's been produced yeah. in a very sustainable way, and that wouldn't that wouldn't have happened, you know, three years ago. Because of course, a, a product like gin is is very much down to a, a, a preference, your your own taste, um, and what you're looking for out of the gin. Um, but of course, you took that a, a step further and just expanded on the entire process. It's definitely the, the mechanics and the science around it. Is fascinating. I imagine there's another side, um, the, the the very practical side, the the making of the product, the the bottling of the product. Can you give us a bit of an insight into into that practical side, really the, the nitty gritty, the, the day to day stuff around your business? Yeah. So uh, currently, there's three people uh, work, working in in the company. Uh, one one of which is a salesperson. Uh, so there's only me and one other who's involved in the production process. It's very much a, uh, a true craft industry in that everything is hand done. So we do it, you know, we will hand, hand fill the bottles, we will hand label them, we will package them up. So there isn't lots of uh, automation, it's, it's all about that loving caring craft product and craft is a word that's does get overused and abused by by companies to try and suggest that they are producing things in a in an artisan and craft way uh, but often they're not but what what we are doing here is is really bringing that love and attention of you know a, a you know a a, a true, a true, a true craftsman, a true artisan, which is very much. If you look at look at the uh, the other food and and drink uh, producers in this area around the Armagh area, they they are very much of that ilk, that really craft, lovingly handcrafted, and and you know, I can you know have a list as as long as your arm of of people who are. Uh, really loving and caring, and, and are really starting to uh, bring this region to international recognition now. 
you rightly point out that there, there is a, a love for craft materials and craft products around County Armagh. Does there often be a collaboration between you and other businesses? Can, is there a crossover between you and other businesses where you can collaborate on, on maybe, um, of course you do your, your tours here, so is there a collaboration anywhere along there? Is that something you're looking at? Yeah, ab ab absolutely. Uh, we collaborate uh, with with, uh, with other companies. So the uh, we do a uh, we do a pack, which is basically a gin, a jam, and a candle. The candle is produced by an Armagh candle maker. The jam is produced by an Armagh candle maker. Uh, so um, so the candles are made by Kimaria and the. Um, uh, the jams are made by uh, Lush Larder, you know, and they are local artisan people that you know, we've linked with to to really try and encourage the, the whole craft movement around the, this this region. Uh, and there's other things we do in terms of, you know, when when we do uh, lunches where we do little nibbles and things like that. That will be wherever possible. It will be, you know, producers from. Uh, around this region that we will be showing off their produce alongside ours and that is uh, the other the producers see that there's a mutual benefit to that because then they start start going oh we need to be serving you know symphonia gin and tonic with this ta uh, type of thing and we're very much uh, that's part of the ethos of, of the company is is is, is to, to get that localness and 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 and, and the, Almost the local teamwork between all the artisan producers. We we, we go to festivals and we meet. We, we all meet together. Uh, everybody's selling this that, and the other. And we all have a chat. How's business going? You know, have you been to this event? Have you been to this festival? How's, how how did you find that? How are your sales today? All that. There's a real camaraderie around in in that industry. And the, does that help, Rick? Because Business when you when you're in a small business by yourself, it could be hard if you have an idea and maybe not to bounce it off someone. And obviously, you pointed out that your wife was probably one of the, the first to to get you in, yeah. into this business. Mm -hmm. Would she be a good sounding board, or do you have other sounding boards? Do you find local business people as good sounding boards? Local, the, uh, the the other producers that we were talking about are, are very good for for advice and things, and you know, we, we all like to help each other out with things even you know borrowing equipment and things like that so there's a local uh, uh, lady who wants to uh, get uh, starting up in kombucha production and uh, I said oh did you want to did you want to borrow some of my kit to you know to try out how, how that's been made there's another uh, producer wants to make a, uh, a another spirit that well not it's a spirit because it's a, a zero alcohol uh, product uh, and you know we're collaborating on that that production and things. So there, there very much is that 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 team effort and things. And you know we do sort of bounce ideas off each other that way. And I've just become very aware that we've been talking about gin this whole time. And of course that's what you're known for. But I know that you've recently, well maybe not that recent anymore, but you've added a rum to your collection. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you about why rum. Why why rum? Uh, it, it was more around we wanted to show off uh, the uh, apples that, that grow around here 
So we have, a, we have an apple gin that is made with the Armagh Bramley apple. As, as most people know, it's our bestseller. So hopefully people do know. Um, but also growing around here is, is, a, is a, an apple called a Jonah Gold apple. So it's a dessert apple as opposed to the Bramley, which is quite a crisp green apple. I never knew that. Um, so it's, a, it's an apple, so the gold, it's a hybrid. So the gold comes from Golden Delicious. So it's a, it's a cross, it's a type of Golden Delicious but they've crossed it with a Jonathan apple, which comes from upstate New York, where it's quite cold. It's a red apple, and it's very frost-hardy. Now, a Golden Delicious isn't frost-hardy, but some clever people have made a hybrid that allows a dessert apple that tastes like a Golden Delicious apple to, go, to grow here in cold Northern Ireland, uh, whereas normally it would be growing in somewhere like South, South Africa and Israel and places like that. So... That dessert apple, um, we wanted to choose a spirit that went with it. Now, gin works nicely with a crisp green apple in the apple gin, mm -hmm. uh, but with a, a, a something fruity like that, then a white rum pairs beautifully with tropical fruits, for instance, like your pineapples, like your coconut, you know, your mangoes and things like that. You think of cocktails you know, um, your pina coladas and things like that. Well, um, we, we thought, hang on a minute, white rum uh, is going to be perfect with this local product. So we can make uh, an almost tropical thing with a, with a local ingredient and really show off that ingredient. So that's why we, we, we have rum, because rum is a, a softer mouthfeel than a, than a gin. A gin can be, you know, it's, it's quite crisp. Whereas with that, that lovely smooth mouthfeel with the almost golden delicious apple taste, then that was the, the basis and inspiration for um, making the rum. And the, 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 the third uh, part of, of, of the rum is the, is the gentle, uh, spicing that's in it. It's not a, a, one of the, a, a harsh spiced rum, it's very gentle. It has notes of nutmeg and cloves in it which are, go perfectly with apple because that's almost apple pie, apple crumble. That's the sort of thing that you'd be putting in there. And as part of uh, what I was trying to, what, what I've been trying to do with my science background, uh, and it might sound incredibly geeky, but when I was trying to find a, a, a uh, botanicals for, for going into the gin and, and the rum, I carried out chemical analysis of all the botanicals that grow around here in, in this region and compared them to exotic ingredients that grow on the four corners of the world. Uh, one great example is um, there's a botanical that's called cubeb pepper, right? You find it in Bombay Sapphire. It's a, it gives a beautiful aromatic peppery note at the end to that gin. What we found via this um, chemical analysis was that the same flavour molecules that are in cubeb peppers you can find in dandelion flowers. And oh, are, there, really are there millions of dandelion yeah. flowers uh, around in, in April around here? Absolutely yes. So instead of having to go all the way to Indonesia for the flavours of cubeb peppers, the flavours of cubeb peppers are actually in dandelions, if you actually look, if you know how to look. Uh, and so another example of that, going back to the, the rum question, 
you, you, you were asking. Uh, uh, so we discovered that, that there's a plant that grows in the garden that has nutmeg and cloves in it. And just by carrying out chemical analysis, I found that it had those and I was able to distill those out. So again, we don't have to go to the four corners of the world yeah. to get ingredients uh, to make, uh, you know, real outstanding yeah. uh, award-winning rum in this case. And do you think it stop at gin and rum or do you see attempts in the future with other spirits maybe? Or? Uh, so, uh, it, it's... It, it's really what, just what in, what inspires us, and uh, and we would work, you know, and, and come up with other products. D depending on the the most important thing is, is there something uh, local that we can show off uh, with our spirits? Mm -hmm. So. One thing that we're experimenting with at the moment is damsons. So damsons is a, is a uh, a lot of damson trees grow along, alongside the apple trees here in, in, in orchards, in, in people's gardens and things. And we were approached by a local um, schoolgirl who has damsons in her back garden. And she had like piles and piles of, of damsons. And she said to her dad, oh, you know, um, what am I going to do with all these damsons? Can we make a damson gin or something like that? And uh, her dad said, oh, hang on a minute. And he basically phoned me up and said, um, you know, could you do anything with damsons? And he's like, yeah, you know, damson gin, absolutely. So we're just, we're doing, we're, we're doing some, you know, some experiments with that now. But that, you know, again, is a local ingredient where, um, you know, uh, you, you, can, you can show it off and, and, and get, you know, and hopefully get another nice product. But uh, I don't want to do too many products before we really nail the, the, the ones that we've got and they really start to get, you know, uh, selling in, in big numbers, you know. So when you set up the business, Rick, you do tours of the distillery? We, yes, we do tours and we do, we do a gin, and we do a gin, we're opening a gin school in, in uh, March where you can come and uh, what I do is I arm you with local flavours and you will put your own, put your own symphonias, create your own uh, recipes together and then you can take a bottle of that home, home with you to enjoy and we'll keep the recipe on file you can make it, and we can supply you more if that's what, if that's what you want. But, but of course your, your, your passion very much was always the science and behind it was doing the tours and setting up the gin school, was that part of the original idea? Was that a, a deviation? Was it um, something that you found you enjoyed? What was the, what was the, the real n need to do that or? Uh, well, uh, uh, part, partly just to, to get um, you know, more, more brand recognition uh, for the Symphonia brand and, and to show people you know, that, that we are different People, you know, we, we, we often find that people are surprised, you know, uh, oh my goodness, you've got a, you've got a distillery in, in Moy, I didn't, even, I didn't even know that. Well, that's one reason why we're ha having tours and, and gin schools here. As I said, we use a completely unique approach to, to doing it. We are absolutely innovators, world-class innovators here. Uh, and so that storytelling, people, that story yeah, and, 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 and you know, people, you know, 
should be proud of this region, what it what it brings, and the innovators. And, you know, not just me, but we're talking about other craft artisans who are innovating in their own areas and things um, in in this region. So you know, it is fantastic to see, and 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 the more more you get, the more people are are inspired to. Uh, to do things, uh, to start their own businesses, for example, to you know, and to be you know generating more, um, you know, income and, and, and you know improving the economy in this area and really growing this this area because it's you know it's it's the gem. It's got fantastic people, fantastic resources and things. So it's just you know we like to just. Say well, hey, we, we we do this, but inspire other people to you know to do, as I say, to follow their dreams as well. And it's clear that you're very generous with your knowledge as well, even with other crafters like we were speaking about earlier, and lending the equipment or even just offering advice. So suppose the gym school is part of that as well. It's being able to share your knowledge and see how it inspires other people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, obviously. I, I said before I, I was inspired by a chemistry teacher and science and things and you know to to, to try and um, bring you know bring science to people and to and for them to understand and, and appreciate that you know just the science of taste and flavor perception is really interesting you know and they come, pe people will come to the school and they'll be and they'll get pleasantly surprised by you know what they can what they can learn and and, and how uh, science can in, improve how you even perceive taste and, and flavors and, and, and things like that and that's that that whole um, you know to, to try and inspire ultimately uh, to get people you know doing more, more more science and people looking at science as a as a career and, and, and things and as a as an avenue uh, a, a lot of people who have come on that tour and said it's like, oh, you know, you've 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 inspired me now, and I've never even you know thought about uh, that before. E even just the appreciation of uh, uh, why, for example, gin is such a, a, a fantastic popular category now, and that's because there's a gin out there for for for, for everyone, you know. Whether you on the you like a dry gin, or you like a, a, a sweet pink gin, or a fantastic apple gin, <laughs> somewhere in the middle, and, and, and what and what do you serve it with? What you know? What mixes do you have with it? What's the garnish that goes with it? How? What is a perfect serve? And and you know we we um, at the gin school we talk about how to develop your own perfect serve. So you would come up with a, a gin for it, for example. But a gin is only one part of uh, the the drink, you know, the, the perfect serve that you're going to have. Because there's what mixer are you going to have with your gin? What's the what is the best mixer? Is it is it tonic? Is it ginger ale? Is it lemonade? What's the best garnish that goes with it? What makes it taste the best? What looks the best? And and all those are all part of putting together your own personal. Uh, uh, cocktail as it were and 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 so that you know we we, we work with people and, and inspire them and teach them how wonderful the, the the whole category of gin is and why it's why it has become so and, popular and whilst a lot of it rick you're saying is, is the science and behind it you know as you're talking i have the images in my head of, of 
you know, the, the, you, you mentioned the, the damsons in, in the garden. Do you go and get the damsons and get the pestle and mortar out and grind them down? Or what's, what's, how do you, is it, is it a real trial process for you to come up with the different flavours or, or how does that evolve? That is exactly, that, what you just described there is exactly what we do. We, you know, we, 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 we was take, kind of making that up, but. We, you know, yeah, we, we get the we get the damsons. Um, we uh, we we put them with a bit of alcohol to, to steep, just as you would like your slow gin or your damson gin or anything like that. We put some alcohol in there um, to extract all the beautiful flavours, and also to if you if you just you will find if you if you just press fruit juice in themselves because they have sugar in, but they also have yeast on the outside. It will start fermenting. Which is where people first discovered the joys of alcohol was they, they would just basically keep fruits in a jar and, and ultimately would turn into alcohol and fruit. And so what we, we what we do it's exactly that with those damsons we mash them up and then we go what does this taste like? Uh, oh, it uh, probably needs a bit of sugar or something. And it's like oh well hang on a minute uh, let's not put sugar in because there are lots of uh, producers who produce local honey around here now. Oh, so what about putting the honey in with the damsons as a sweetener rather than that? Suddenly you've got two local products and you've got the emergence of what, what could potentially be, you know, a, a world-class spirit. And that's just through um, mad, mad invention and trying things and, you know, lots of failures as well as successes in terms of taste and stuff it's like some some things you know it's like oh my goodness yeah. I'm, I'm never ever going to make a, a spirit or a drink not to out compare of you to the, the nutty professor or anything but yeah. it kind of has that kind of feeling to it you know you said it's that I get my white coat on and, <laughs> and, and, and just completely uh, you know at, it, it, at, at it times be. we have fun you know you, you got to remember uh, you know I'm, I'm the MD of a company so there's a, sometimes I'm doing you know little experiments like that but most of the time I'm trying to get my products out there and and, and you know um, but of course you wouldn't put so anything on the shelf you haven't tasted yourself <laughs> I haven't tasted myself or, or you know made myself you know yeah. as, as, as we are now you know we're only a very small company so everything has been uh, I, I, I'm just going back to that point when you know when you say a small company, people kind of forget when they look at the finished product that, that it's not only the labour of of the chemical process that you've explained. It's everything down to the very bottle and the, the labelling on the bottle, the design of that. You know, there's a lot goes into the stuff that people don't see, the, yeah. the stuff that people take for granted. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of coming up with the brand. Yeah. How did that kind of all evolve? Yeah, so um, we we realised we need we needed help with that. You, you know, you can't you can't do everything. You know, you can be a, you can be a, a mad geeky scientist and come up with a half decent recipe, but that's not gonna move itself off the shelf. So we engaged a, a company uh, uh, in Belfast called the Foundation, who we worked with on the branding. Things to to come up with our name, our look, uh, and 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 you know to help uh, you know sell 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 the product. So that's where we were playing you know playing around with ideas. So you know we uh, 
I originally started out uh, basically converting my garage in my house in Benburb, um, moved the moved the car out and all the junk that was in the garage, uh, put the put the lab there, got the bits of kit, and we were making, we, you know, we were making two two hundred fifty, you know, bottles a week out of the out of the garage. So we could have called it Ben Verb Gin, you know, but it would have only have sold in one, one place sort of thing. So you had to come up with, with something that was appealing, international appeal, not just uh, lo local appeal. Um, and that's where the, the company came in to help us. So they came up with a, a, a couple of names. One was uh, Wood Lab Gin, because we were a laboratory in the middle of the woods, Ben Verb's in the middle of the woods. and. They could see my lab there in the, in the garage, so they said, "Why don't you call it Wood Lab Gin?" And we, we thought, mm, "Don't know." Preferred the other name, which was Symphonia. Preferred that better, but we actually liked the name Wood Lab and, and some of the, the logos that they came up with it, which is why we we are Wood Lab, the company, Wood, Wood Lab Distillery, the company. But our our brand is Symphonia, and it's called Symphonia because. It describes how I make the spirits. So I will distill each of the botanicals individually under the best conditions for that, for whatever the particular botanical. That creates a single flavour note. And then what I do is I compose those various flavour notes into my symphonia, which is why we start out with uh, symphonia number one, number two, number three. It's just like Mozart's symphonies number one number two and number three except that we couldn't trademark symphony in the spirits category but we could trademark symphonia in, in the spirits category so that's why it's called symphonia rather than symphony but they are a symphony of flavors rather than a symphony of music so but that's that's where the number one two and three uh, originally came from as as the idea and that was all through you know, discussing with the, uh, the foundation, the branding company that, that we used. Um, and, and then they came up with, you know, with the look as well, you know, which is, you know, we, we were wanting that, you know, clean, sophisticated look, you know, elegant and, you know, it looks like, a, you know, high quality product. And, and so, uh, yeah, we reached out to them to do that. I think something really lovely too is that the two things that you combine should be polar opposites and that you're working with science and nature, but yeah. you find a nice harmony between the two. Very good. Exactly. And and touching back to you know, you, you pointed out that uh, you said there when you started it was move the car out of the garage and yeah. and, and go from there and two hundred and fifty bottles a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're sitting down with a new business and you are in your garage putting out 250 bottles a week, of course there's there's that 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 output of 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 let's be nitty gritty about it, the hard cold cash that you have to put out. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a point where you sat down to write a check or transfer a payment and went, Oh, what am I doing? Why did I not stay in in, in a job? Why did I do this? Does that yeah. fear that in the early days, did that ever hit you? It hits me every day, <laughs> every single day. <laughs> you know, you know. Obviously, um, you know, working in the pharmaceutical industry, working at Almac, senior position. You know, it's a it's a very well paid job, fantastic company, 
lots of security and then all of a sudden the next day you're out there and as you say you're writing you're writing checks you know and you see the your bank, your, your bank balance go down and down and down and uh, you know uh, you, you do quest, you do ask yourself that that question every day at some stage in in, in the day and it, and it's it's one of those things it's a very scary experience but but i imagine the flip counter, must, uh, the, the, yeah. absolutely the, the, the flip oh, is Lord. you've got you know you do, you you've I've now created four products that didn't exist ever before to man, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and people love them as well, you yeah. know, so you've, you've, you've created something that people are, are willing to pay for and, and, and enjoy. Yeah. And if I hadn't have, if I just, you know, I would still be, a, a, you know, in, in, a, in, in a, a, a very stable job and not have that creative side you know, you look at the, you know, the brand. What we're talking about, the branding of Symphonia and and, and and everything else. And people say, I just can't believe that. It, you know, this this is in Moy, and it's like, why can't you believe that? You know, it just because it, it looks so fantastic and so sophisticated. You are allowed to have you know, sophisticated and fantastic things. Must give you a great yeah. sense of pride in, in what you do every day, aside of the, the nerves. Yeah, it must give you a great sense of pride. Yeah, abso absolutely. You know, um, and the knock-on effect too that you'll have had over other industries that you're working with. And Francis talking about the apples that you use, and you know, Symphonia itself is therefore positively impacting all those other businesses that you're working with. Yeah, so yeah, and the overall, you know, impact is huge. Yeah, and and that's right, and that's why we, you know, wherever possible, we like to work with local companies for for, for everything. You know, we buy our boxes from a local company. We could buy we could buy our boxes from from London a bit a bit more cheaply, uh, but no, we, we, we buy our boxes from uh, you know a lovely guy in in Lockall. You know, we buy our apples you know from an apple merchant in in Craigavon. You know, our, our our tonics that we use come from the Armagh cider company from you know Troughton's tonics. That's a, lo a local company. We could have we could have had Fever Tree, you know, but no, we we haven't because uh, it's again it's part of our ethos is is you know we, we really want to develop the you know the whole economy of, of, of this region and keep it local. Keep it local is is absolutely key because you keep your jobs and you keep you know the economy growing here, not exporting it to other places who have got plenty of money. You know you can buy everything from London, you know, and, and enhance their economy. Why should we? Why, why do we not want to enhance the economy around Armagh? You know, and that's... There's, there's no doubt that the, the, the product that you have designed, developed, and grew to what it is now is, is unbelievable. Looking forward, obviously, one, two, and three is their plans for four, five, and six. What's what's your next steps from here? Where do you, where do you take Symphonia from here? Where, where do you go from here? Uh, so um, yes, there the, the, the will be some you know additional products uh, to uh, to bring, but what, one of one of the big visions that, that we have is to have a a, a standalone site, so a greenfield site that we can build that is very much in harmony with 
nature so so again um, we would like to be growing all our ingredients around the grounds of that so people can come uh, and experience not just the spirits and how we make it but also wandering around the gardens in in the orchards picking the rosemary. From seed to bottle kind of? Absolutely seed to bottle in a at least a carbon neutral environment um, Ten years from now, when I say that on a bottle, I'll, I'll know I can't. Hopefully, as soon as soon as possible. But to, but again, as a as a as a visitor attraction to bring people into this this region, so that you know, and they're not just stopping there therefore at, at Woodlab Distillery to enjoy Symphonia Spirits and the atmosphere around there. They're also going into the local local coffee shops. They're going into local restaurants. They're buying clothes at a local boutique. They're, they're staying around. They're staying at uh, at B and Bs and and hotels in in the region. So you, you you are pulling people in that wouldn't have normally, you know, uh, you know more you you, you, you drive through there, but you, do, do you stop? Well, you know, why, why don't you stop now? Because you know, we even now we're starting. You know, now there's a distillery. There's some fantastic bistros around here. There's coffee shops. You know, there's lovely boutiques here. Great pubs. Suddenly, you know, you you pull that footfall in, and it just increases the whole um, the whole region. You know, and, and and so that so that's that our ultimate vision is is, is to have that that real you know. Uh, Community and, and and have a hub where you know where you know where where we're um, we, where we're, you know we're um, showing off the the, the the best of what this what this area of Northern, Northern Ireland you know Ireland is you know so that's 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 the ultimate that's more the important vision than it just being the success of a brand and selling lots of. Of bottles of gin, it's it's all about almost the bigger the bigger picture, and that's that's what we're that's what we're that's what we're inspired for. That's our that's our vision anyway.